Welcome to another HLS Recap Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me ND Tax. And as always, you can watch us live over here on twitch.tv slash Sons. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you have to get your podcast feeds at. Make sure to join the HLS community over in Discord at herlittlesons.com slash Discord. And of course, you can always find us over at our home at herlittlesons.com. With that said, time to bring in Shane. Shana. I'm going to take cover with weather or, or everything going on over there. Glad you glad you were able to come online, sir. Everything everything is good, all things considered. But I mean, you know, there's only one way to sum it up. We're we're great in O, right? That's what we are right now. Absolutely, yes. Uh, so we are going to go over uh, Notre Dame's absolutely fantastic victory and staying undefeated. It was the big QB battle, the QB controversy. We get to play it out in the field. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, it didn't quite live up to the billing, but we will talk nah, about it. But uh, so one thing we are going to do is and we didn't do this last week for obvious. We beat the number one team in the fucking nation reasons. We weren't going to talk about anything else that was going on at this point. Uh, but we are going to actually talk about stuff that went on around the nation. And it's, it's weird, Shane, because mm. normally when I'm actually putting these kind of outlines together is. um <laughs> I'm trying to laugh. We're this close to having a cat appearance on stream, and I'm wanting oh. it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? Yes. I wouldn't be mad. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm I'm putting the outline together, and I'm like, okay, let's like separate it by conference. And I'm looking at it, it's just the big story is what didn't happen today, and that yeah, was man. the fact that. There were a total of 15 games that were either postponed or outright canceled because yep. you know Big Ten has no wiggle room. The Pac-12 created some because uh, Cal and UCLA, both their opponents had a COVID outbreak. So they said, hey, y'all doing anything uh, Sunday morning uh, at 9 a.m. Yeah. your time? <laughs> Let's have a football game. <laughs> it's pretty great, honestly. Like, I, 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 I credit them for, like, that's pretty ingenious, like, uh, option, uh, like, you know, execution, because I, I don't think I would have ever thought, like, yeah, let's play on fucking NFL day. Fuck them. Yeah, exactly. And, and I also think they're like, look, let's just not pretend that anybody's actually going to watch this game. Let's just try to get it yeah. in. Uh, so, I mean, I, I didn't watch the second of it. I, I was watching the NFL. No. I was watching the Masters. Uh, but I mean, it, so you have 15 games total. You had six games that included top 25 teams. Notre Dame was the only team in the top five that was able to play t- uh, this past week. Uh, Clemson was on a bye, so they already were not going to play. And then the rest of the top five games were canceled, uh, creating a very, very strange week. And, you you know, it was one of those things, Shane, to where we did have Pac-12 after dark once again. uh, But I mean, the, the whole slate just felt empty and almost like this this cloud, at least for me, there was like a cloud over everything because it had you couldn't avoid it. It had to be discussed uh, because it, no one could dodge it. And we've already had games canceled for this next week as well. Uh, and I, at this point, I'm just hoping because now we're so far into it. I mean, you, you, mm-hmm. you can't put the genie back in the bottle. You're just kind of hoping there can be an end uh, to it at this point. Uh, that isn't a disaster. Yeah, like the, the the visual is almost like just like a cartoon character trying to like use every hand, like every limb to plug holes in a very obviously broken dam. It's just like eventually anybody walking by would be like, "Dude, you got like fifty five leaks." You know, like this is not a this is not a resolvable problem right now. I it just it's starting to feel like the the dam is giving way, and I mean it's a reflection of not just obviously the sport and its relationship with COVID, but but COVID as a whole because. You know, the nation is also seeing the same thing, a massive spike, right. you know, a, a lot of concentrations in places that seem to have it under control previously are now losing that grasp. And I mean, the SEC seemed to have been most affected at first, but yeah, it's it's now it's getting to a point where like if 
you know, if not if not 15 games a week, like at what point do we just say enough is enough and maybe we should just halt and we could we could pause the season, I don't know, 3 or 4 months and resume play later or or just shut it down. Like but something needs to change because it's starting to get out of control like you said. Yeah, and it that that's the general concern cuz I know a lot of people's like, well, college football is the escape. Well, now you can't escape it. When even the I mean nope. the Mac, the Mac just started and one of their early uh, Maxing games is already off the table for this week. So yeah. there's there's just way too much that's going on right now to be able to completely dodge it. Uh, and it just sucks, quite frankly, yeah. uh, that it is becoming such a big storyline. But the other uh, ancillary storyline is you have to wonder uh, for some of these other teams to where now things are shuffling out to a point to where you you kind of know your stance. Maybe if you're in the Pac-12 and you just started up, you got some hope. But the way the the Big Ten in in particular is shaking out is, you know, <laughs> you, you know who the front runners are now. I mean, wh- wh- how how do you keep people going at this point? Like, yeah. I mean, we saw it in the Michigan game. I guess it's a good time to transition to the Big Ten. Like, yes, let's oh, laugh yeah. at Michigan. That was atrocious. But again, it was atrocious because that you could tell the team quit. Like, what yep. do you have to play for at this point? Why? Why yeah. do you really care if the rest of the season gets canceled? You get your year of eligibility back. You're right, starting right. off. You've won one game against Minnesota, who you know is now terrible. What, what do you yeah. have to play for at this point? And they're not, Michigan's not going to be the only team, and Big Ten's like the no. only conference going to have this issue. Teams at the bottom of every conference going to be like, what? What really? What are we doing here? I'm not having fun anymore. Mm-hmm. This sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you think it took Vanderbilt players beyond the first game for them to ask themselves that question? You know, right. like, exactly. Like they, it, it didn't take Nebraska very long either. You know, like they, they, they got that first game and it was like, oh, wait a minute. Fuck. That, that is what the season's going to be, isn't it? Uh, I mean, it's just. When when do you start to wonder, like, is the is the purpose at this point just the uh, the pageantry of it? Right. Is it just the we have to make sure that the revenue dollars are accounted for and that the airtime is in place so that the ads can show like, or is it that like, do we want to just go get embarrassed anymore? Like, what's the point? Like what, you know, what's the difference between finishing 0 and 4 and 0 and 8 at this point? Right. Realistically, you know? Um, So yeah, I, it begs that question. But then at the same time, is that just like the sore loser mentality? Because on the flip side, the winning teams, they're going to argue. It's like, well, I mean, we started off six and 0 and then you guys pulled out the rug from underneath us. We wanted to compete for a playoff. Instead, you know, now we can't even have one or what have you. It, it's starting to just feel like there are too many arguments that are starting to crop up that are like very ancillary and small. And it's all just kind of be, should just be drowned out by the biggest question is, should we keep playing right now or, or should we just stop? Yeah. You know? And like I said, I, I think at this point, everybody's there's too many people that are committed. I, I think the smartest thing to do is when the playoff committee meets, uh, I think next week is when they're going to meet and they're coming. Look, they're going to fly to Texas. They're all going to meet in person at the Gaylord Texan, which great. You have your own hotel. I'm sure you're quarantined off. But unless you've been blind with what's going on in the news in North Texas right now, uh, things ain't looking so great around here, yeah. uh, especially in, in Dallas County. It's it's exploding. Uh, I, I'm in a county outside of it, like just outside. And like mm-hmm. we the way, you know, the community works, we all intermingle. So it's still concerning that Dallas County is exploding. But now all the other counties are starting to have the same problem now. Like it's it's all spiking. It's all bad. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, what they need to do is just say, like, look, do we really have to play the games like on this schedule? I, I don't know why yeah. that hasn't been delayed yet. Like, uh, OK, I get the Rose Bowl bullshit. You want your fucking New Year's Eve, New Year's Day games. But this is not the year to be doing this shit because yeah, there's not going to be a New Year's, uh, you know, feel to anything. It's fine. Yeah, I, I, that's what I don't know. There's not even going to be a, like a rose parade, right. the, the parade of roses. No like, parade. If it happens, there ain't going to be anybody there, especially in California. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, but yeah. like to your point, Shane, like Michigan already on the ropes. They come into this game one and two, right? Wisconsin yeah. finally gets a chance to play their second game of the season because they just got done with their COVID outbreak and they had yeah. a they had a just banger opener. Like we we got yeah. a chance this season to make a statement in the Big Ten, so yeah. they come out with their hair on fire. They kick Michigan's ass forty nine to eleven, and the folks oh, yeah. game wasn't even that close. If you 
I mean, this this was a snuff mm. film. It was just yeah. Wisconsin running wild all over yeah. them. And Michigan had to switch quarterbacks. Jim Harbaugh, I've never seen him so deflated and lost during a game. Uh, I, penguin <laughs> motherfucker looking ass shoving his uh, microphone reveled. into his <laughs> I mask. reveled in the visuals of this game. Like, just even the highlights is just it's pure life. They fuck Michigan, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, and 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 also the parallel to this because right now Michigan is having you know they're back in lockdown mode. Like the only people that were there were family of the players on on both right. sides, and you had the paper cutouts, which included Surrender Cobra Michigan fan, which was kind of hilarious in hindsight. Just because ESPN art, artistry, it. yeah, they did, and it said it right after an interception, the screen yes. said interception at the bottom of the screen. I Herbie and Fowler are dragging Michigan yeah. to the point where yeah. Herbie's like, does anybody actually care like to, to start playing right now? <laughs> um, nope. it, it was, and they've even mentioned it too. Like every primetime game that has been on ABC that Herbie and Fowler have called. Cause they mentioned this last week. They're like, you know, not that we ever want to say that we, you know, don't appreciate that we have football and that we're honored to call games. But can we actually like get a close one? Because every game that they've yes. had has just been a blowout. It's a been blowout, boring yeah. as fuck. Yeah, and it's because of shit like this. Because if you, it, it may maybe it's a mismatch of some level. But man, if I'm a Michigan player right now, I'm in this the big house, this big bowl dug into the dirt and I, there's a handful oh, of like student section photos my family's in the stands and that's it where's the yeah, motivation the oversized to play? Porta John. exactly like what how, how do you especially once it's clear you got punched in the mouth and you, you don't have anybody like had fans been there it probably would have been a worse experience for michigan they would have booed yeah. the shit out of them yeah yeah essentially i mean at this point it's just it's just a matter of like you know do, do players want to continue to subject themselves to this do does does the program have anything to gain? Because it's essentially going to become a time period that time forgot, right? In in terms of everyone's career, unless people have you know injury or NFL draft concerns, which I suspect. I mean, if anything, Michigan's going to have injury concerns, but I don't think NFL draft is anything they have to worry about. <laughs> Not at this point, um, no. <laughs> no, if anything, what the what those players should be considering is having some player only meeting and talking about like how they're going to handle a transition of power when Michigan inevitably probably fires. Jim Harbaugh. I mean, that's probably the things that they should start to be focusing on. But yeah, it just it's just a question of like, what does Penn State have to gain? You know, it's whatever Northwestern has to lose, right? I mean, Northwestern's four and zero for the first time since nineteen sixty, whatever the fuck, and Penn State is zero and four for the first time in I don't know, I don't. I, it's probably the same amount of time. I mean, there's there's a flip side, you know, that there's kind of like it's two sides of the same coin. So like they, the question becomes like, is the is the issue really? going to boil down to individual desires or should it really just be focused on like everyone's safety is paramount we should probably just postpone this for a while right and and now indiana another team that's coming yeah. up top 10 indiana is gonna yeah. go face off against ohio state because right now you got indiana wisconsin and ohio state are your front runners you might have picked two of those out of the lineup uh indiana sure shit wasn't one of them and all of a sudden northwestern's nope. over here fucking around being undefeated and and yeah. also let's let's mention this because Ohio State was supposed to play Maryland, and let's oh, also yeah. not lose sight of the fact that Maryland's got a tug of Aloha that is actually causing a little bit of havoc in the Big Ten right now, causing yeah. people some headaches. Now that game's outright canceled. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they would have beaten Ohio State, but maybe I guarantee maybe. you because Ohio State's rebuilding on defense. Exactly, let's be real. I guarantee you that nobody at Ohio State's right now is going like. Oh, damn, we really wanted that shot there. It's like, nope, glad we don't have to deal yep. with this. And let me put it this way. If you think I'm full of shit right now, and I'm really not dogging Ohio State. If, say, the shoe was on the other foot, and you were told that after Notre Dame beat number one Clemson, BC had a couple COVID cases rattling around there, and it just wasn't <laughs> a good idea to reschedule that game, you think anybody would be like, you know what? Let's just, I'm fine. No. I would have been like, what What BC game? Yeah, exactly. Didn't that happen last weekend? It's fine. Yeah, exactly. No, nobody wants these things to happen, but I guarantee you, in the back of some minds, they're like, "Oh, shame! <laughs> shame. What a shame!" <laughs> Just the yeah. reality of the situation. So, yeah, the Big Ten's kind of upside down right now, uh, and, and we'll see what shakes out next week, and we'll really get an idea of what the front runners look like. But man, if Indiana pulls it off, ooh, Whew. 
don't don't Oof. you have to think that the the Big Ten is really going to wonder is like what the fuck did we just do? Yeah, because they'll <laughs> they will be the only ones responsible for having birthed this. I mean, playoff potential playoff Indiana. What? <laughs> oh, I want it. I want it so bad. All right. Uh, I want to do a little bit of a blind conference uh, taste okay. test here, Shane, because okay. I got I got okay. some scores. One group is from the SEC. One group is from the Big 12. Okay. You have final scores of 63, 35, 38, 35, 59, 42. And on the mm-hmm. other side, you got scores of 24, 6 and 24 to 23. Is yeah. Group A. Or Group B, the Big Twelve. You know, you know, I see what you're trying to do to me, so I, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna bite. I'm just gonna dive head in. You know, so that Group A with the 60s and the 50s, that must be the Big Twelve. No, <laughs> exactly right. It's the SEC. <laughs> like what? What? Again, everything's the upside down now. Shootouts in the SEC, and nice. look, it's not defensive struggles in the Big Twelve. Like if you mm. actually watch those games, they're they're ass. no, it's offensive complete ineptitude. That's <laughs> it's so that bad. conference. That conference did did not do like half of their homework, and they showed up for the test. Like, I I don't know what happened. I got a forty eight percent. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's just it's just really funny now to see the SEC kind of be. Uh, and again, there were so many games canceled. That that's part of why this stuff's a little bit upside down. Uh, but Florida, like, just mm-hmm. I mean, look, Florida's offense is spectacular right now and they're the one that put up 63 points so they love the sec in points but you also don't expect them to cough up 35 now granted 21 of those were in non-garbage time even though the second half kind of you know maybe they gave up 14 but you don't expect a defense to cough up that much even in a game where you're blowing them out uh and really arkansas is a solid team too so that's kind of why but they gave up and the thing about it is when they gave up points, it was on these gigantic chunk explosive plays. Like it was 60, 70 yard TDs. It wasn't like, oh, well, they just drove down the field. It was, oh, shit, they're like 50 yards behind us. What the fuck just happened? I'm yeah, not used I to mean, seeing that out of an SEC defense. No, but that is the specialty of now, you know, former Florida quarterback Felipe Franks, who is now Arkansas starting <laughs> right? quarterback. I mean, like. They, they, he, he got to do it against you know what he did in practice for the better part of two and a half years. So I mean, it stood to reason. But yeah, I mean, the SEC, I think everyone got the message like all at once. It's like after two attack of Iloa showed up, it's like get your quarterbacks and get your passing game shit in order because if not, you're just getting torched. Exactly. And, then, and you know, and now Lane Kiffin showed up to the party and like everything cranked that shit up really high. So yeah, I mean, it's the new SEC. It's no longer this boring. You know, Gary fucking sitting there just, you know, cranking out fucking anecdote after anecdote while they kick field goal after field goal for 45 minutes, you know, every every commercial break or whatever. But now it's, you know, it's an actual high power, kind of terrifying prospect of a conference in terms of points. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, Florida did this as well. I mean, they, they were the highlight. You had Ole Miss in South Carolina, which was a fun game, but a fun game of no consequence, because, yes, you did have Lane Kiffin just going full Lane Kiffin, including uh, celebrating the touchdown before it's thrown. I actually kind Yo, of that clipboard. love that. <laughs> the clipboard? Did you see the fucking flying clipboard? That clipboard got more <laughs> hang time than the pass did. <laughs> Dog, that shit got vertical. I mean, he at least threw that shit like 40 or 50 yards in the air. Yeah. Well, Florida did all this without their tight end stud Kyle Pitts. So they don't have to play Alabama in the regular season. So that's the collision course that's coming as long mm-hmm. as because, again, we have to have the reality check of as long as things don't go sideways with COVID. That's the yeah. matchup that we could have in place right now. Uh, yep. Pac-12, there's really not much to say right now. Oregon kind of looks like they're going to be top dog in the conference. Maybe. Yeah, though, they struggle with Washington State. Or oh, was it? No, it was and a freshman. Yes. Yeah, so against Wazoo with a freshman QB yeah. and they were getting carved yeah. up. Now they eventually pulled away. Uh, but the only other thing to mention is Jesus Christ, Southern Cal. Two weeks uh, in a row, you uh, motherfuckers have snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, this is a, this was an Arizona team that's lost what, like something insane, like fucking like eleven or twelve games in a row now. Like they're 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 currently on a record, and 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 this was the this was the team that almost did it to SC. It it just SC looks like they're you know like. Like they're soft boiled, you know. Like they just they, they weren't put in there. They they weren't cooked long enough, even with their extra time off. <laughs> yeah, you know? and 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 they also it. This is the second game in a row 
where they had some kind of tip drill circuit sketch should have been a pick should have ended the game turns into something that will end up one was a touchdown against Arizona state straight up last week. Mm-hmm. And then this week it was a, it was something that kept a drive going, got a first down and then they eventually score a touchdown. But I, I guess you could see this in two ways. And, and as a, a Notre Dame fan who respects Clay Helton and loves what he's done with the program, I am going to choose to believe that Clay Helton absolutely makes sure his boys are just never quit and just ready to go in the fourth quarter. Can't possibly be that this team is just doesn't really have the fight and is undisciplined and just comes out looking like ass every week. No, <laughs> no, of course not. What? Yeah. And uh, I mean, our, our quote unquote home conference, the ACC, there's not much mm-hmm. to write home about either, to be honest, outside of, you know, what we will talk about with Notre Dame and the BC game. Because uh, Miami and North Carolina really tried to ensure that the Clemson Notre Dame matchup was going to happen for a while. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and then Wake Forest and Virginia Tech were like, "No, no, this must be kept interesting. Let's keep this going because they both blew leads in their in their games." Yeah, I mean, for North Carolina and Wake Forest was a fucking basketball game. I mean, like North Carolina, <laughs> <It really was. laughs> North Carolina went on like a twenty-one to nothing run, and then Wake Forest went on a twenty-four to nothing run, and then North Carolina responds with its own twenty-four to nothing run. It's like, who, what the fuck are you guys playing? Like, this is not this is not how this sport works. You guys need to get your shit together. Either decide to play a consistent, you know, offense defensive struggle, or just you know, or, or just stop. Like, this is it. It was just. It was another show, first and foremost, of North Carolina having no fucking defense to speak for. Because at one point, they were down like 45 to 21 before they, you know, again, traded basketball runs to lose the game or whatever. But, I mean, then then you have Virginia Tech, I mean, on, on the same side. Like, just, you know, you, they had they had the game against Miami, and then they basically just gave it to De'Ara King at that point. Yeah. I mean, it just, it seems it just seems like the second tier of the ACC is is very much the normal conference chaos, you know. Whereas Notre Dame finally gets to be on the outside looking in of that, right? You know, <laughs> um, but it, it's just like not, nobody wants to win at that level. It's 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 insane. Yeah, M- Manny Diaz is turning into an escape artist right now because this is the second yeah, week in a row his so. team was dead to rights. And yeah, it, it's yeah must be very good to have De'Aaron King on your side. And and Matt Brown is just oh fourth quarter, uh, let's play now. Like, yeah. have, we, have we worn the other team out by running them to death? That's, that's kind of what it feels like, because, yeah, it is just complete basketball runs. And that's been the identity of North Carolina, which is, you know, the, that's the next opponent for Notre Dame after we get off yeah. this bye week is they're, they're not nearly as dangerous. They don't have that you could have initially thought they could put up points. Yes, but please let me know the defenses that they played. Yeah, please. I'll wait. List them here. I'll wait. <laughs> exactly. And, know. you know, they, they haven't faced a defense and they sure as hell don't have one. So uh, uh, the only thing that worries me is that you may have like a little bit of comfort in the bye week. You had a weird Thanksgiving layoff. You got to play on a, a Friday. That That's literally my only concerns at this point. I'm sure we will talk about it a little bit more, but yeah. They're not impressing me right now, to say the least, with what they put together no. these past couple of weeks. Or, I or honestly, really this whole season. I, in a perfect world, Wake Forest would have beaten them, to be honest. And uh, and Wake Forest, is, they're not a bad team, but they're also not exactly the defensive juggernauts either. So it's just, yeah, it, it just isn't looking too, too uh, not as stressful as, as maybe North Carolina looked at the beginning of the season. All right, and to round up the conference look, uh, the group of five, uh, BYU was off, but uh, the murder train is still going for Cincinnati, and wouldn't you know it, Liberty is now 8-0. Now, granted, they ain't playing yeah. anybody worth a shit, uh, <laughs> Syracuse included, but man, uh, it, this is a year definitely for a G5 to sneak in if we do end up having a playoff, but mm-hmm. man, I I just don't know what to... It, it's. I would really love to watch these Cincinnati and BYU. I would love to see that game. But the problem is yeah. if we see that game, it's a postseason game. And that means neither of them got into the playoffs. So it sucks. Yeah. But I, I think as, as good as it would be, I think we should all just like, I, like let's just take a second in 2020, neither of their schedules are going to hold up against any of the conference leaders at the top right now. Like Most if, if any of no. the top five or six teams, get their shit together and just win out that it's just it's not it's just not math it just doesn't make any sense to 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 position it even if they go undefeated it's just 
their schedules just don't hold up, unfortunately. It, it, it is another one of those seasons where it's like it feels like a PCS holdout, but the reality is it's just it's a top four, and the top four are going to have indisputable, irrefutable cases uh, above theirs. But, like, yeah, I, I mean, I'd be happy to see them play. It's just, I just don't, I just don't know that, like, they're, 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 it's going to show enough, of, it's going to give enough credit to really what they've pulled off because those two teams are fucking really good. Yes, and they I are. And I just feel like, and I just feel like a bowl game in this circumstance, even still, won't quite feel like what, what would have been like, you know, a, a regular season finale to, you know, for all the marbles in terms of a, you know, New Year's six or even potential playoff spot. But this year, it just kind of feels almost like a, you know, like a here's your consolation trophy. No one's really going to remember this. <laughs> Pretty you know much. I mean? But you were decent. Uh, and the only other thing to wrap up is even in these trying times, we can still fire a coach midseason. Oh, yeah. Happy trails, must champ. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been a long time he, coming. He, he, he will not be missed. Um, it's just uh, it, he, he struggled greatly. Uh, North South Carolina looked like they had some potential. What was it, last season with their win over Georgia? And uh, that was the end of that. Uh, that, that was the last time they looked like anything. Um, I don't, I obviously don't believe this is going to happen, but I mean, Hugh Freeze is going to be a free agent. So, you know, just keep your eyes open and uh, your ears down to the ground in the SEC because maybe some shit's going to be mixed are, up. Are, are you telling me Hugh Freeze, that upstanding may... fine gentleman? Would go yeah. back on the contract extension that he just signed with Liberty to go coach in the SEC again? One million percent. If not there, <laughs> if not there, Michigan after they lose to Rutgers for sure. Keep it posted. Yeah, you're still you're, he's still going on that one. Which, by the way, Michigan is still favored in that game. <laughs> oh yeah, by by what? Like eight, eight, eight points? <laughs> L M F my oh dude, please, please, please! I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Oh, that game's going to be like on Big Ten Network alternate or it's something. Gonna and I'm going to watch every TV every in my second. fucking house. That's where it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that about sums up the national recap. So that means after this, we are going to talk Notre Dame and Boston College. All right, and we're back. Time to talk Notre Dame, Boston College, and well, this was this was the moment we've all been waiting for, where Phil Dracovic gets to finally prove that he wasn't given a fair shake by Brian Kelly and everybody else over on Notre Dame. And what, what the fuck was this broadcast even doing? Like, yeah, man, <laughs> it like all 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 petulant and pettiness aside like you know, all, all the easy narratives aside like it just like was a real it was embarrassing for them to take that angle so hard and think they were going to get so much fucking payoff and to feel like you could feel them giddy as fuck behind the scenes you could hear the producers almost through the fucking broadcast being like oh my god boston college could have a halftime lead could you imagine the promos could you imagine the lead-ins oh it's gonna be so much fun and then it just like to melt away. It was just like it's almost like the, I don't I, I can't really think of an appropriate analogy. It just it's just really it just it looked really really stupid at, at the end. It just it, made them look really stupid. It definitely did. And look, we've done Phil watch here really for two reasons. One, I mean, I'm genuinely interested to see what Phil had. Like I I don't think ill of the guy, although they sure didn't do him any favors on this ABC broadcast whatsoever. Get into that a little bit later, but. We know other people are interested as well. And yes, there are some people and yeah, we are kind of playing into it a little bit that really believe that BK just fucked Phil up and Phil should be the one playing and not Ian book. The guy that just, and that's the other thing the dude just knocked off the number one team in the nation. And he didn't do it by being a fucking bus driver. He was the reason it happened. It doesn't happen without Ian book. He did a 90 plus yard drive. And, you know, I was screaming it during the, the charity stream and everything else. We were screaming in the post game. Didn't want to hear anybody talk shit about Ian Book anymore. He has had to approve yep. it at this point. But, man, we sure tried hard to, you know, squeeze that narrative in there. Man, when Phil threw that first touchdown, it was one of those things. I laughed when I saw it. I'm like, you have to be <laughs> fucking kidding me. Like, 
the dude is just falling away, chucking up a prayer. And it just happened to work because a poor McLeod is following around. Just it, it was like Gary Gray, you know, PTSD flashbacks. He just didn't yeah. find the ball quick enough. He's like, wait a second. Why is my receiver not next to me? Oh, shit. He caught it. Yeah. Like it, you can't defend something like that because it's not supposed to work. Yeah. <laughs> I th- the, the truth is, like when that when that play happened, the way it happened, because it was, you know, it was following what what was what it was like a couple plays earlier, a, a touchdown that was called back because of penalty of some kind. So it, it it was an it was an it would felt like an inevitability like right not only not only was there already like the sentiment that they were already going to achieve the goal that they had already achieved but had been taken away but like when it happened by him falling away ducking it behind Nick McLeod who happened to be just running at the same exact speed as the receiver who stopped just a second shorter than he did like. The way it, the, just the way it fluttered and what Zay Flowers had to do to catch it. I was just like, okay, you got one, Phil. And then they, you know, they did the commercial cutaway where they show Phil Jerkovic's reaction from behind, and he's doing the yeah, fucking flexing or whatever. And I'm just sitting there watching this, being like, good, no, uh, it's good, it's good that he's getting his little moment to like feel like he got one over his old buddies because it's not happening again, and it never fucking did. I mean, after that. Phil, the the mystique of Phil that the that the the broadcast had both you know brought up on their own un, uh, like without like unsolicited, and like had just decided to like pepper throughout the idea just because he was a former Notre Dame quarterback. Like once that started and once it got into momentum, that's when he started ducking fucking passes into the into the dirt and like way overthrowing his receiver and like doing that like arm on the shoulder uh, on the hips thing like. Ah, gosh, shucks! I don't know what that was. Like, that's when it just felt like good. Now, now we're back where we all belong, and everything is going to be hilarious from here on out. And it was. It just didn't feel like there was a competition to be had. Book was superior through and through. Yeah, he's lucky he only threw one pick. Kyle Hamilton had <laughs> him dead to rights on one yeah. that he just dropped, and there was another pick that got taken back by a mystery face mask that. I still need to find. Uh. He, he, I, Bo Bauer maybe like snapped in front of the guy. That's just that he didn't even make contact. And they're like, oh, face mask. I, I, you saw that pick? Better throw the flag. Yeah. I, I, I'm with Mike Golick Jr. These refs should probably be, be investigated because this one was particularly egregious, but whatever. It, yeah. Uh, the, the refs have been having a rough time in this, but this is two weeks in a row where it's just like, guys, and the, the funny part was on the Clemson game, like, oh yeah, this is the top referee, the top crew. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This clusterfuck? The ACC needs to clean house. Yeah, they like it's... are trash. It, it's, just, it's just flat bad. Like, I, yeah. I, I hate whining about refs. I really, really do. Because not, it takes away from so whining. much. But They're objectively it, shitty. That's yeah. the thing. They're objectively bad. It's like you you are doing a disservice by not mentioning it. But anyway, back to the failed WWE blood match that they were trying to promote out there because they're they're doing this and they just did not stop. I mean, look, Phil went 18 for 40. The dude threw less than 50%. And I've watched enough of him playing. Like I've been entertained by him. He's a fun quarterback to watch. He really is. He can move around. He extends plays and it just clicks with me like midway through the game. I'm like, this dude is the gunslinger. He wants to be Brett Favre, but he does not have the Brett Favre talent to get away with it. And you were seeing consistent examples of why he never surpassed Ian Book. So for the whole thing to be, you know, a narrative push of, you know, he, he feels like he never got a fair shake. Like, what the shit are you talking about? Like, is, is anybody else watching about? the same game right now? The guy on the yeah. other side only had seven incomplete passes and three TDs. Like, this wasn't even close. Like, Ian Book has been on one for the past two weeks right now. Like, he has yeah. played some of his best football. And I'm sure, you know, Book was happy to, like, you know, prove as well. Or maybe he didn't even care knowing him. Uh, but he definitely showed, you know, why he's got the job. And he has the job the same reason reason that Wimbush lost it. Wimbush yeah. was woefully inconsistent. It's mostly pointing the oh, chat. Yeah. So so is Phil. And Phil's much more of a gunslinger than really any quarterback I've seen Notre Dame throw out there in, in some time. And look, that's just him. That's just the way it is. I mean, he's highly recruited because it, 
once you get that jump from high school to college, and then if you ever get lucky enough to make that jump from college to pro, man, it, it's night and day on each of those jumps. It's just not easy mm-hmm. to do. And there are some very, very talented folks that make it look easy on, on each jump. But then mm-hmm. those those are the rare exceptions. The yeah, look, I mean, rare he's highly recruited because he's what if Peyton Manning could actually run? You know what I mean? Like he's tall. He's six, mm-hmm. six foot four. And he's actually very mobile. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's, you know, he scored a lot of touchdowns in high schools with his, with his legs. And he, he clearly has the running ability. But, you know, it's, it's not, it, there's, there, the, the narrative that they, they chose to take that they really stuck to was, you know, the whole, they started when, when Boston College was up 13 to 10, they started posting in the bottom left of the fucking, co- of the screen of the broadcast, little fucking quotes directly from Phil Jakovic about things that specifically pertain to Notre Dame. And one of the ones was like, you know, I felt like I wasn't given a fair shot. The second time around, I went for the people and not just the brand. And they were just gleefully putting these little fucking things up without even addressing them, just onto the fucking screen, no context, no introduction, whatever, just because the score was 13 to 10 and it looked like maybe Phil Jakovic, former quarterback, whatever, was going to keep shit interesting. But at the end of the day, like, you know, there is there was nothing in Phil's game that gave anybody any question or pause about what even even the announcers at the end of the game, at the end of the day, about what they were seeing in terms of the disparity between the two. Because not only is, like you said, Ian Book playing like out of his mind now in these past two games, which, to be fair, once you beat the number one team, I mean, there were three unsportsmanlike conduct penalties because of taunting, you know, like from Ben Skaronic and from Sebo Flemister. Just yeah, because there was like bullshit stuff. And we never saw which, replays on any of them, whatever. No, re- no replays. And clearly, Tiki Taki bullshit, like, you know, butthurt ACC refs are like, eh, Notre Dame's going to win our conference. Personal foul. You're just mean to us. Whatever. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? Whatever. Like, I, the Tiki Taki bullshit. But like, that's because everybody on the team is now exuding that same come beat us motherfucker we beat clemson we're better than they are we're now you got to come for us it's no longer the other way around so yeah ian book is going to be playing a lot better i think now because he knows he can do it he has done it he saw everybody on this team do it so you have ben skoranek flexing after his third fucking touchdown you have sebo flemister dragging you know the the sixth and seventh tackling defender with him into the end zone like that's because this team is different than what they are. So the fact that they even tried to bring up the Phil shit was just like, this is as this is as creative as you fucking can be, ABC and ESPN. Like, even now, even with Notre Dame joining the conference and basically saving your ACC fucking market revenue, even now you can't be fucking, just shut the fuck up and let Notre Dame be dominant. It has to be some, oh, the former quarterback, is he better than the current one? He's not. <laughs> shut up. You know? And, and, and look, you have to talk, the angle's there. Like you, you, you yeah. have to talk about it. The angles there, but it was one where you got to realize when you're, you're running shit into the ground. That's why I said it was like a failed WWE feud. This is the kind of stuff where, where, where fans are laughing and they're, they're, they're taking over the match because they're like, this is boring. Or they just start chanting CM Punk or something else because <laughs> when a wrestling crowd like, and this is why I can't watch wrestling right now because there, there's no crowd. They got the virtual stuff. They're trying. Uh, but that that's the number one thing that is making it so hard is you just don't have that audience because when an entire audience just sees what is being shoveled down their throat and they yeah. just do not care. It is a thing of beauty to watch them shit all over it because there are so many other things. They should have just leaned heavier into the red bandana, you know, part of it because there's a God yeah. honest, legit American hero. And yeah, they talked about it. Uh, but you know, they, they were, they were more focused on pushing this angle, pushing this angle. And then they had like a weird, awkward, uh, you know, Molly McGrath, uh, interlude and stuff like, Oh, here's pictures of her for cheerleader. And she's, you could hear her dying on the inside. Like, Oh God, guys, please. Fuck. Hey, you're going to give us what is happening? Like real dirty old men. You're going to give us some cheers over there. And she's like, uh, like, Maybe after I have a glass of wine, which isn't going to happen for a couple months. And I'm like, is she pregnant or something? And then they yes. zoomed out. I'm like, oh, eight she's months She's very pregnant. pregnant. Holy shit. Why so is inappropriate. I was like, Let's, what, what, what are we doing? Stop, stop, stop. Like, dude, the yeah, whole broadcast was, was just, oh, it was fucking atrocious. 
It was so bad. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel bad for Todd McShay because he's just sitting there trying to be like, everybody, hey, like, uh, Michael Mayer's going to be really good. Like, Kyle Hamilton's super going to get drafted. Jeremiah Wusukomora hasn't done anything today, but, like, don't forget about him. And they're like, so, Molly McGrath, like, you want to do a little dance for us after commercial break? Like, we'll get some drinks after this. It's just like, okay, this is super awful. Oh, yeah, the old quarterback, Notre Dame's awful, Boston College. Remember 1993? That shit was fucking great. We wish Doug Flutie was here. It's like, what the fuck is happening right now? It's just, it's a very, it's just, I feel like ABC can't help themselves but be petty. And it always ends up looking like, yikes. Like, yikes. Well, and it was a big yikes because nothing really maintained. Like, yeah, you got a quarter or so of like, oh, oh, something going on here. And then, like, Notre Dame outscored BC 21 to 6 in the second quarter. And I even said it. I had it in drafts. I'm like, oh, God, please don't tell me I jinxed it by putting the drafts. Like, this is not 1993, y'all. And and that BC team back in 93, like, the thing a lot of people forget about is that team was actually ranked and. Kind of actually, number 17. Yeah, they were decent. Like they were not yeah. an awful team. And, you know, that's why I was making jokes about, oh, well, you know, BK, you know, I, I'm glad we finally found a coach that could beat BC after we knock off number one in the nation. BK is much better than Lou. I was uh-huh. actually disappointed. Not a lot of people uh, took the bait on that one. I did have a I couple mean, guppies, but man, I was like, because it was all it, it's it's all just such a fucking joke. This is a team where the talent disparity was so far and away it wasn't Fast. fair as far as that goes and Notre Dame was still shooting themselves in the foot we got you know we really got to figure out what Kyron Williams is doing with the fumbling thing we we can't yep. recover onside kicks but thank god nobody knows how to actually properly block them because there were two yep. onside kicks that got called back because of that shit yep yep no it's I mean Kyron Williams with the fumble um Chris Tyree yeah, Chris Tyree's fumble was um And he's just he shit. looks like he's hit a wall too. He he, he absolutely I think I think I mean Chris Tyree ha- hasn't he hasn't been able to hit the hole or like break open a good run. And mm-hmm. I feel like he's like he, it's costing him his confidence. And at the same time, like Kyron Williams has like taken the spotlight just for being an amazing fucking human being, an incredible football talent beyond just his ability to run the ball, plus his ability to run the ball. Um but, like, on top of that, even when Chris Tyree gets his opportunity, you know, when Kyron's filming the ball, he then and goes to say, does the same shit, you know? Like, it's just, I feel like he just can't get separation there. Um, yeah, Ben Skoranek had one of those, another, another just switching arms, not securing the ball fumble. Um, it, it, it just lit, like, just, it just shit where it's just like, how, why does this happen this way? You know, like, it, it doesn't ever feel like bad breaks. It feels... Like even watching it, like you, it looks like mental lapses. It doesn't look like, you know, like a like just one of those. Oh my gosh! Like what a crazy way that football shaped thing bounces. Like no, this is just like football player not having his eyes on the moment. Right. And like I can understand there there can be some of that. Like when you're maybe when you're like at the top of the mountain or close to the mountaintop, and you're like maybe your focus is on a tier higher. But like in the moment, like you, they, we can't be having this shit. Like each one one of these weeks is going to catch up to us. That's that's the bottom line. Yeah, and it's going to cause too many close calls. Uh, and Milfi, I do I do have the uh, box score in front of me. Yes, I do know Tyree had seventy some odd yards. Like, look, don't don't sure. don't take what I'm saying as writing Tyree off. The dude's going to be fine. Like, no. I'm still ridiculously excited for him. He's actual five star talent. Even though like that was like f- between four and five, depending on which rating service, he just doesn't have that same you know kind of. Ex- the, the explosions and the hope, even in like the kick return game, you know, our special teams, I think could be a little bit better on that end. Uh, he's eventually going to get his, but he doesn't look like he has the same confidence that he once did. And I do think he's pressing a little bit because of what Kyron Williams has been able to do right now. And, and that's really, you, you can tell he's pressing and you can tell, and he's still making decent plays. Like he, he has escaped some sure TFLs and turned them into like, no gain. He had one where they were trying some kind of like a reverse in round type thing or something. And yeah. everybody was in the backfield. He made a wonderful play just to get like a yard out of that. But yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he got at least he got a few more carries because this game did get out of hand. 
Uh, Ian Book again gets to be the leading rusher, though, because people apparently still haven't. Well, I think they figured out what he can do with his legs. It's just nobody really wants to devote a spy to him because he will then carve you if you take a man out of coverage. So you just have to yep. figure out which play you're willing to get beat in man coverage. And he's making the good decisions. And, and that's what you got to hope. And, and that was really the big difference between uh, Book and Phil is that uh, after a while and, and the same thing happened against Clemson. And I know it's getting blamed on a separated shoulder and stuff, which look, if he's playing with a hurt wing, like, dude, he's, he's a baller for going through it, but maybe you should sit sure. the dude if he's doing that. But, um, yeah. I mean, he, he, he makes bad decisions. That's just all it was. He was definitely trying to put the team on his back because he is the team. Uh, and it just, it didn't work out very well for him at all. And the rushing attack was stifled, uh, as it has <laughs> been for BC most of the year. Um, but you know, yeah, as it has been for Notre Dame most of the year, let's be real, right? You know, they they kept they kept they kept BC to eighty five, which is essentially what they've been allowing all season. Yeah, and, and Notre Dame has over five hundred fifty yards of offense. And no, Milfi, I don't think they mentioned it once, but the more impressive part to me is is the insane balance that they ended up having on the yardage side of it. You know, yeah, yeah. they ran the ball more times, but you know, forty nine rushes and twenty passes, uh, but the rushes were two seventy four. Passes were two eighty three, like that is just yeah. insane. It's like, yeah, we we just solidly beat you on both ends of the ball. Didn't really have to try too hard for it. Um, yeah, I mean that's and that's what it, this game came down to. It was just what it needed to be. Yes, it was sloppy. It was a little bit of a letdown factor, which I kind of felt. But at the end of the day, you know, they won by fourteen. They covered that thirteen and a half, and look, great teams cover. And Vegas somehow, yeah. even in this weird ass pandemic season, nailed this some bitch right on the head. Just nailed yep. it perfectly. Uh, yep. And I'm not overly <laughs> disappointed by it. I mean, they played no. fine. Uh, the defense looked great. Kaiser, everybody, you know, Kaiser, you know, and I see Andy Gals in here. It's like, Kaiser finally got to play, girl. And not only that, he got a pick. Now, he nearly fumbled yeah. it away, but he got a pick. <laughs> he got a pick immediately negating Ben Skronik's fumble. I yes. mean, it, it, it was in, in, impressive. He just. He immediately saw what was happening, almost as if he'd practiced against that quarterback before. Weird. Yeah, there's there's definitely, you could tell a lot of that going on. And uh, look, as far as, I, I'm glad Phil gets another year, and this isn't absolutely wasted for him, even though he got the immediate eligibility. Because uh, I do think there's, there's something there now. I hope he's going to be able to uh, be coachable to the point, because it's clear that what happened with BK is they were trying to clean up the mechanics and his decision making. And for whatever reason, the coaching staff didn't gel like that. I think that is no. 100% what happened. Uh, yeah. But the, but the pettiness that's going on uh, that happened on the ABC side and even Malik Zaire stepping in it was oh, embarrassing. It was real. I mean, not only did he forget Phil was not a five-star recruit. It's just, dude, nope. I, I get, and look, I totally get like two, 2016 was handled. So piss poor bad. And everybody saw sure. on Showtime's a season with that BK said it was still your team. Like, but, but he gave you shots. Like it was hard to, yeah. to keep Kaiser back behind you, but he still wanted it to happen. And really where BK fucked up the most was actually just not saying, nah, it's definitely him. Like it's Kaiser. Sorry, bud. I know what I said, yeah. but you just got Wally pipped. I, 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 I can't do much about it. And he was going to be pissed off either way, but at least you ripped the bandaid off and don't give false hope. Yeah. And, and cost your team a loss, and then 2016 spirals down the toilet to begin with, and it's just all bad. And you know, I was hopeful when he got to transfer to Florida that he would be able to pull something off, and it just it never materialized. And I worry it's never going to materialize for Phil. I mean, when quarterbacks transfer and they transfer down the tiers, it isn't because yeah. they weren't given a fair shot. And like, oh wow, BK just he didn't see this. Like, there's a reason yeah. Gunner Kill oh, went he hates to, him. Yeah, Gunner, Gunner Kill went to Cincinnati and Phil ended up at BC for a reason. And this is not to like knock him or anything. It's just the harsh reality of it. They didn't yeah. weren't able to make that next step. Now, on occasion, yeah, sometimes that happens. You do get the Russell Wilson factor once in a blue moon, but it just does not happen very often. That's just not the case. And you see this with transfer quarterbacks again and again and again. Look, they need to get their playing time. I get it. It's awesome that they get it. Like Justin Fields is, a, is an example of that rarity. Saul was yeah. like, Georgia doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. I believe I got talent, but there's a reason Ohio State picked him up. Okay. Yep. Like what, yep. what? And there's a reason why now they're talking like somehow he keeps bubbling up in comparison to 
to Trevor Lawrence as the number one pick, possibly. Like, the dude is, like, like legit, top to bottom, not just uh, a running threat, yeah. you know? Now, that's a mismanagement. That was Georgia believing, hey, we got an embarrassment of riches, and Fromm has been doing just fine. We're winning <laughs> yeah. with him. We can't bench him. And they didn't make the right call there. And and it turns out in this situation, and BK, like we just said, 2016, he made the he made absolutely mishandled it. But he looked at Wimbush and he looked at Book back a few years ago. He says, you know what? Book's the guy. We gotta start him. And he stuck with him the whole time. We knew that Phil was waiting in the wings. We were hoping he would overtake Book just because, hey, hire hire recruit. But you heard every beat reporter, anybody that was covering the team that like, no, no, this is not a quarterback competition, y'all. No, nope. it's just not. And nope. we were hoping it was like, OK, well, maybe not this year, but maybe the year after. And look, Phil got tired of waiting. It's fine. Like, I, I really I, want nothing best for Phil. And that's also kind of why I'm upset about what ABC did or ABC yeah. slash ESPN, because it does. Feel he got no what favors. he wanted. Exactly. He got what he wanted. He got what he wanted. He got the people he wanted. He got his fucking waiver of eligibility to start right away. Like he's like, let him let he like, it doesn't have to be about that. Like he could have just had a good game or like, you know, he, he could have had something to build off of. And now that broadcast is forever going to be about like the former quarterback. Like is look at all the quotes and the shit that he talked. And then, Oh, never mind, They're losing. We'll never bring it up again. Let's <laughs> talk about tweets. Let's talk about yeah, saying text off. messages. Like, no, and like, look, that's also where I think Phil needed to be better media coach to where he yeah. doesn't bring any of that shit up in pre-production meetings because they're going to take that and make it look like sour grapes. Like Phil may every very time. well have every last emotion that what they were projecting, that was totally reality. But there's no reason to air that out in public. And no. I think he will end up catching wind from it and will learn a lesson from it. I'm actually not holding it against him because he really felt yeah. like, I, at least I'm thinking, I will give him the benefit of the doubt. He thought he could talk his shit, and he was going to back it up, and he was going to be the next 93 upset that knocked Notre Dame out of title contention. Just didn't work out this time, buddy. And sorry. Yeah. Uh, but I, I really want to, you know, I don't think I ever have like any ill will towards anybody that transfers, tries to get playing time. I, I just don't care enough. Yeah, I, I don't just, either. It's not, it's not their fault. Yeah, and... uh but I mean, the defense, we haven't talked about it much. Andy Gals in the chat, you know, talking about Wu having a pass breakup. Yeah, he was on the number one wide receiver for Boston College, breaking up a pass. He is definitely one of, if not one of the best linebackers in the country. This defensive line is, I mean, Kurt Heinish is still getting sacked somehow, which is incredible. And I, I, I will. The rem- Sim called it. I know. <laughs> the Sim did call it. Um, this defense is just something else. They had seven tackles for loss. They only got one sack, which is, uh, you know, actually uh, Sean Crawford got credit for it. But I yeah. mean, really, that's more of a credit to what Phil can do—the natural ability to get out of there because he was dead to rights a couple different times and just didn't work and out. He still completed huge bombs on some of those dead to rights like hits too. Yeah, and look, the defense is solid. Uh, you know, yeah, would you have wished it be a little bit cleaner? Not give us many points, sure. But it was sure. a solid defensive effort against a pretty solid quarterback. And again, you make a team one dimensional, you're going to win. Even Clemson yeah. couldn't stop that. They made Clemson one dimensional. And yeah, you make Clemson one dimensional. Surely you can make BC one dimensional. And and that's exactly right. what happens at that point. And look, this game looks a lot different if an interception's upheld. It, and because that was a touchdown that happened right after that. If Kyle does a pick six, the score looks a lot yeah. different. Like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of points in here where you could really see this game getting super out of hand, but at the end of the day, I I can't find a reason to complain about a 14 point win uh, against a, a trap that everybody in the nation felt they they saw coming because everybody remembered 1993 was a thing. Yeah, no, it's it just uh, honestly like what what was made of this game was just the two lowest hanging fruit, laziest possible narratives. Let's just go with those. Like, hey. 1993 and the old quarterback like let's just those two can those two can very easily be spun against Notre Dame and then oh no what number two is beating an unranked unmentionable Boston College what a fucking surprise like yeah at this at at, at the end of the day like I know it was 30 points I know the first quarter was annoying I know the, the, the the believe me to me the turnovers or you know the missed interceptions both uh, the Kyle Hamilton opportunities that were missed, Nick McLeod having it basically hit him on the hands and it fall like all of that shit is definitely annoying. But like at the end of the day, 
like you said, I can't complain because they did what they're supposed to do. They're not going into a bye week with like, you know, no, nothing that we've heard of hasn't like season any injuries or like there hasn't been any like devastating news for anybody. No second outbreaks yet. Like, you know, they had that fucking field celebration. They seem to have gotten out of it kind of clean. Like this is kind of going exactly as desired. So I'm just not going to complain at all. The game is over. Phil Dracovic is now a fucking, you know, just a, a, an afterthought. We're never going to have to think about him again for like two more years or whatever the fuck. So like now it can just focus on getting right and then playing North Carolina and then moving towards the Clemson rematch. That should be the only focus. Yeah, it's, it's continuing to get better because this team still does uh, need to find ways to improve. Uh, I, I think there's very little doubt about that. Uh, hopefully yeah. you can get Lindsay healthy, but it's nice to see that even without that speedster attack, you, you have somebody like Saronic where you're like, yeah, that's my touchdown guy right there. And you got mm-hmm. you got uh, Mayer just running all over the place, looking like an absolute yeah. stud. Tremble's still doing his thing. You got a rushing attack that seemingly nobody can stop. They can only hope yeah. to limit it for a while. And eventually you're still going to get yours. And your offensive coordinator has the confidence to stick with it as well. He's, there, there's been no panic at any point in time with any of these games that Notre Dame has gone into sling up full panic mode. And I think that's a real testament to a lot of maturity for a very young offensive coordinator to be able to stick with his gut and know what he's got. And, you know, back shoulder fades all day. If that's what we got to do, if that's the attack, fine. But that's not the only thing they're doing. And, and we need to take some time as well to give a serious hat tip to Avery Davis. Like with all the backup quarterback talk, it was it was amazing how and I, I I mentioned it too that that didn't get I mean it was like a side note it's like oh yeah he was also a backup quarterback has been knocked around different positions stuff like dude this guy went to the defense he went to running back he went to receiver and now he's he just wanted to play like a, an absolutely unselfish guy and he got two huge plays against the number one team oh, yeah. in the nation. And he was making big plays here again as well. And he got to rush. Uh, he got a rushing play as well. And he got to catch a handful of passes too. Like what Avery Davis has been able to do and to actually be some kind of a threat and have it like materialize basically in the second half or really the tail end of the season is something else to behold right now. Like that's what this team has been able to do. I mean, we went from does Ian book realize he has wide receivers right now to Holy shit, we got a former QB like causing damage out here. It's great. It's fun yeah, to watch. It's great. And I think I think the big mistake that has been being made is like a, a lot of us confuse like they're not being like a star name at wide receiver with mm-hmm. they're not being like enough options. You know what I mean? Like because there was no like that guy's going to be the guy. There was no Chase Claypool. There was no Miles Boykin equivalent that was proven it was easy to be like well he just doesn't have that many options at receiver like no he does they just hadn't really established themselves but now they're getting that chemistry avery davis is coming on as like a, a, a premier threat like not only that but like kyron williams catching passes out of the backfield looks like a fucking badass he's a very he's a, he's a consistent safety net and then michael mayer you know he only has to catch like once or twice a game just to like change how the entire defense has to work because Every time he catches the ball, he's, he breaks free for 20, 30 yards. Um, yeah, it's just really important. And, and that's to say nothing of, of at all about Sebo Flemister basically being the, the game killer. If you, want to put in, if you want to put a drive together of nine minutes or more, give the ball to Sebo Flemister because he's never going down at first contact. Yeah. Never. And, and, and speaking of being able to dodge the injury bug and obviously <laughs> all kinds of knocking on wood there, uh, because Sebo went down in this game. You're like, oh, fuck. There, there goes like a a good weapon and one that you also love inside the red zone, which Notre Dame's still struggling with a little bit, which is still a concern. Uh, but even then it's like, because like, yeah, it got tweaked up a little bit. He'll be fine. He'll be right from North Carolina. Yeah. I like, just, yep. anything that could have, like we had MTA down and that was the only person on the depth chart that didn't, wasn't able to play. It's like Shane said, the, the second, the field rush, everybody seems to be fine by now. Something would have popped up. It doesn't look like it has happened, which is, a benefit so hopefully this means that students everybody else i know they're starting the exit testing right now for any students having to be listening to this man just do what you can to stay safe so y'all can get home and and get to see some other people for a change and and hopefully yeah. be able to get a a very very well long deserved break and damn i hope something changes for all to where you don't have to do another sprint for the second semester even though that's mm. 
where everything's pointed to, but keep it going. Hopefully we can at least get a good football season for y'all. But well, Shane, uh, it's funny when we were talking pre-show, we're like, ah, oh, we're not going to be able to get an hour out of this. And we damn near. Did. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing yeah, what happens what when we happens. start railing against uh, shitty narratives, right? Yeah, no kidding. Hey, but you know what? It's fun to be able to complain about bad narratives uh, than bad football. And Notre Dame is at the level to where they can make a ton of mistakes and so comfortably win a game. That's a good spot to be. So you got to enjoy yeah. that while it lasts. Can't complain. All right. Well, folks, that is going to do it for us. Make sure you keep catching us live. We'll be back Wednesday. Over. Oh, no. Oh, man. I got it. I'm going to go ahead and sign off. I got a little one crying right now. Go Irish. Beat COVID. Y'all have a good one. Hey. Oh, kiddo.